what's up everyone it's rob welcome back to the 90 plus extra time podcast i hope everybody had a great weekend um hopefully the weather wasn't too bad you know depending on where, where you are um let's just jump into it a lot of stuff has happened since uh since the last episode i guess the the biggest news um that came as a surprise to pretty much the entire at least club football watching world was seeing Maurizio Pochettino getting sacked by Tottenham Hotspur during the international break, especially, which is, is rare. You almost never see that happen. Um, it, it did kind of seem like he didn't really want to be at Tottenham's, you know, some of the statements that he would say post game or, you know, pregame. Um, and it, it sort of seemed like the team was kind of not following his direction anymore. Some of the players seemed like they didn't want, really want to be there. Um, he did slip up last, or I think it was during the summer preseason. He said that, you know, making it to the Champions League final was a was a huge goal, um, but he didn't make it seem like he wanted to go any farther than that with the team. Um, you know, making it to the Champions League final is is a big deal for you know a lot of teams, but um, when you lose it, that's that's usually not enough, and you want to try to strive to get back there. Um, I mean, it's difficult to get there to begin with, but. Uh, you know, to lose it, you don't want to give the impression that, you know, just getting there is enough, especially as a, a head, as a head coach of a major, you know, team in a major league. Um, and unfortunately for him, he was, you know, at Tottenham for four or five seasons and he did not win a single trophy. So, you know, while he improved the team, you know, they did make it to the Champions League final. Um, you know, there's a couple of times they finished above Arsenal on the table um, cons- cons- consistently either qualified for the Champions League or the Europa League. It seemed like it was more the Europa League under him, but uh, they did make at least two consecutive seasons into the Champions League. But winning no trophies, you know, especially in um, playing in in England where, you know, you have the Premier League, you got the Carabao Cup, you got the FA Cup, and then you're also playing in the Champions League or the Europa League to get nothing, you know, it's it's understandable that uh, that they got rid of him. But... I think even more surprising than him departing was who they brought in. Now, I've talked about Jose Mourinho before. I don't like his style of, of you know, football. I hate the defensive style of football. Like, you know, nobody really wants to see that. It's not interesting for the fans. I mean, yes, if you're winning, I, I mean, then by all means do it, I guess. But it's it's not interesting for the fans. Maybe for the fans of, you know, whichever team he's coaching, in this case now it's Tottenham, um, they won't care because, you know, if he wins a trophy, which I think they're still in all three competitions to win one, um, aside from the Premier League, because I don't think they're going to win it this year. I don't think it's possible unless Liverpool and Man City and Leicester, you know, just completely collapse. Um, I don't think there's no way that, uh, you know, one of those three teams won't win the league. Um, but they're still in the Carabao Cup. They're still in the Champions League. Um, they're still in the FA Cup. And, uh, you know, I mean, we'll, we'll see what happens. You know, hopefully this will turn around the season for, for Tottenham. Um, I don't know. Maybe it'll work out for him. I guess we'll see. Um, yeah, I mean, it was still a, a surprise signing. I thought he was going to end up someplace else. But, you know, good for them. I guess good for the league as well. All right, so I'm going to move on past that to uh, Euro 2020 qualifying. 
and now we have the 20 teams that have made it you know out of the group stage qualifying um, there's a total of 24 teams in the tournament but uh, the last four will be decided by the playoff which will be in March um, but for right now we have I've already qualified we have Belgium Italy Russia Poland the Ukraine Spain Turkey France England the Czech Republic Finland Sweden, Germany, Croatia, Austria, the Netherlands, Portugal, Switzerland, Denmark, and Wales. Um, you know, no real surprises in there, I guess, other than Finland. You know, they're making their uh, their debut, which, you know, is pretty special for them. Debut in any major international tournament, which is, which is pretty huge. Um, but then we have the playoffs coming, so there'll be four more teams coming in. Um, so in playoff path A, we have, and these are all one-off matches. We have Bulgaria hosting Hungary and then Iceland hosting Romania. That'll be on all of the, the semifinals for the paths will be on the 26th of March with the finals on the 31st of March. And then in path B, we have Bosnia and Herzegovina hosting Northern Ireland and then Slovakia hosting the Republic of Ireland. Um, so there's a possibility we'll have an all-Ireland final in path B. You know, it could happen. Uh, playoff path C, we got uh, Norway hosting Serbia, and then Scotland hosting Israel. And let's see, playoff path D, we have Georgia hosting Belarus, and North Macedonia hosting Kosovo. Um, so they did some of the, the draws already for the groups, you know, because this uh, version of the Euros, there's no host country, it's basically Europe hosting it. Um, so they've already placed some of the teams in, into the groups that they're going into. Um, let's see. In uh, Group A, we know Italy will be there. In Group B, uh, we have Belgium, Russia, and Denmark. In Group C, we have the Ukraine and the, and the Netherlands. Group D, we have England. Group E, we have Spain. And then in Group F, we have Germany. So, you know, once the the last four teams are decided, I believe UEFA is going to, you know, do the rest of the draw to fill in the groups. Um, but, you know, most of these teams, England, Spain, Germany, Italy, uh, Belgium, and Russia, and I want to say the Netherlands, they'll be playing games in their home countries, at least for the group stage. So... Yeah, it's pretty cool. I do kind of like the way that they're doing it. I think they should have expanded it a little bit more. I understand the logistics of it and the cost. Um, but uh, I do like that it, there's no single host country. You know, I think that's not a bad uh, not a bad setup that they decided to do. So, um, yeah, I'm looking forward to uh, Euro 2020. All right, so moving on back into club football. This past weekend we had two of the continental championships for club level so first we had um al hilla from saudi arabia they won the afc champions league two to zero over the euro reds i've been practicing that and still messed it up from japan um the first goal was scored late like in the 74th minute and you know then the game was finally put to bed after a goal was scored in stoppage time the 94th minute so um, this is their third title, the first since 2000, and now they've qualified for 
the 2019 FIFA Club World Cup, which will be next month, and I'll talk about that later on. Um, the other one, the big one, um, Flamenco won the Common Bowl Copa Libertadores. Um, they had two late goals. I mean, I watched a pretty significant portion of this game. Um, they're playing against the defending champions from last year, River Plate. And uh, it was actually a guy from Inter Milan that's on loan to Flamengo. Um, scored two goals late to uh, to secure the, the win for Flamengo. He scored, it was uh, Gabriel Barbosa. He scored in the 89th and the 92nd minute. And, you know, River was leading the entire game. I think they scored really early, like in the first 15 minutes. I think it was in the 14th minute, 15th minute, something like that. They scored and they basically were holding, you know, the game until, you know, right there at the end. And then he scored two, you know, pretty decent goals to uh, to win it for Flamingo. So his value, you know, like I said, he's on loan from Inter. Um, his value is going to skyrocket now, you know, securing a uh, Copa Libertadores is, is pretty big. I think he's young. He's like 23 years old. So I don't see him staying at Inter past the winter. That rhymed. Um but we'll see. Um, who knows? Maybe they'll decide to keep him, but I don't. I don't think so. Especially when they can get money for him, and he hasn't been playing for them anyway. Um, but Flamengo for Flamengo, this is their first Copa Libertadores since 1981, and you know, obviously by winning it, they qualify for the 2019 um, Club World Cup. So, yeah, congratulations to both of those teams. You know, those um, Champions Leagues. Those are some long seasons. Um, in addition to playing in, you know, domestic leagues and then your domestic cups, um, you know, it's pretty legit for both of them to uh, to do that over the weekend. So I think both teams were kind of surprised to win it. Um, I think in the AFC version, it was kind of up in the air a little bit more, but I think everybody was expecting River to win and not Flamenco. But like I said, congratulations to both of them. Alright, so on to the Premier League. Um, like I mentioned, um, Mourinho's at Tottenham now, and Tottenham played uh, on the road at West Ham this weekend, and they got their first win under Mourinho. And surprisingly, this was a five-goal game, which you know usually isn't the case in the Mourinho game, um, you know, but these are like cross-town rivals, so uh, you know, I'm sure West Ham you know, put in a little bit more than normal. Um, but I got to say, Tottenham looked pretty good. You could definitely tell that uh, Mourinho changed some things up. He definitely exploited some weaknesses for West Ham. Um, yeah, Deli Ali looked, you know, he looked amazing. I mean, it, it seemed like he was a little bit more freer than he was under Pochettino. Um, but yeah, we'll see. I mean, we'll see how it is. This is the first game. Obviously, the players are a little bit more energized than they were under Pochettino. Um, so, you know, we'll see what happens in the future. But, uh, yeah, first win and on the road against a, a London rival for Mourinho. All right. <clears throat> um, next match we had. Uh, oh, yeah, I'm sorry. That West Ham Tottenham game, the final score was uh, West Ham 2, Tottenham 3. All right. Um, then we had Arsenal 2, Southampton 2. And Arsenal looked like they were going to lose this game. I mean, they were looking terrible playing at home. Um, Lacazette managed to, you know, save them in the 96th minute, scored a goal, um, uh, so they could salvage a point from that, but it was not a, uh, a solid performance by Arsenal. Um, Unai Emery seems like he is 
potentially on the, oh, not potentially, he is on the hot seat. And I wouldn't be surprised. They have a game on Thursday against uh, Eintracht Frankfurt in the Europa League. And I would not be surprised that if Arsenal lost this match, that that's the last game for Unai Emery. I mean, especially now that Pochettino is sitting out there with no club. Um, I'm assuming he still has his house in London. So um, it, w- it wouldn't be much for him to, you know, slide across town and, uh, you know, take over the reins over at, at Arsenal. So I don't know. We'll see. But Arsenal is strong. I mean, Southampton's not a terrible team, but, uh, you know, Arsenal is, uh, they should be doing much, much better than they are. They're, they're sitting pretty low on the table. But uh, let's see. We had uh, Crystal Palace 1, Liverpool 2. Um, all three of the goals in this match were scored in the second half um, to include, you know, Firmino's winner. Um, he scored in the 85th minute, I believe. Um, so, you know, Liverpool continues to roll. You know, I mean, they were doing well like this last year. You know, they're nine points clear of second place um, on Christmas Day. Um, but I just don't see them slowing down. You know, maybe some injuries might be the only way to really slow them down because it seems like they have Man City's number. Um, and nobody else really is. It seems to be challenging them. Um, uh, see, Man City two, Chelsea one. Uh, all three of these goals were uh, scored in the first half, so the second half was kind of boring. Um, but you know, it's a solid win for Man City. The last thing they need, and you know, Chelsea's been on a roll too. So the last thing that they need is to you know drop more points um, and get even further behind Liverpool, especially at this point. I mean. Um, you know, the, the busy Christmas season is going to be coming up soon. Um, you know, in the uh, Premier League, they play like, what is it, like three games in like a week because they always play a game the day after Christmas. And yeah, so uh, and this is going to be rough, too, for Liverpool, which, you know, is a possibility for some of the other teams to potentially move up because their schedule is going to be crazy. I think from now until like the, the after the new year, they're playing a game every three days, which is just going to wear down their players. Plus, they got the, the Club World Cup and uh, Champions League. Yeah, it's going to be rough, but we'll see how they respond. Um, Sheffield United 3, Manchester United 3. Ugh, this was this was bad to watch if you're a Manchester United fan. Um, they were down 2-0, and then somehow they managed to score three goals in a row then they're up three to two and then they gave up a goal in the 90th minute. So they basically had the three points in hand and then dropped two of them. I mean, they came out with a draw, which is, you know, much better than a loss, especially on the road. But, uh, it looked like they had this game in hand and they just, they just gave it up. <clears throat> but Manchester United, you know, they're struggling. They're actually doing worse than Arsenal or so it seems. Um, but right now the Premier League, the table stands at Liverpool's in first with 37 points. Leicester City's in second with 29. Man City is in third with 28. Uh, Chelsea in fourth with 26. Wolves in fifth with 19. And then we got in sixth, seventh, and eighth, Sheffield United, Burnley, and Arsenal all with 18. And then in ninth, we have Manchester United with 17. And then in tenth, Tottenham with 17. You know, obviously Tottenham's uh, probably going to move up. Um... Hopefully they don't move up above Arsenal, but uh, like I mentioned, you know they're they're coming in with a lot more energy than they had a week ago, 
And, uh, yeah, I don't know. They're, they're definitely not going to win the league. They're 20 points off. But uh, I wouldn't be surprised now if they can at least get up into a Champions League spot between now and the end of the season. Bundesliga. I didn't really get to watch too much of the Bundesliga. I, I caught like, you know, some of the games while they were on, but I didn't get to watch, you know, more than probably 15 minutes of a match. Um, but Dortmund continues to struggle. Um, we had Dortmund three, Paderborn three. So Dortmund was down three to zero at halftime. And then, I don't know, somehow miraculously was able to come back, score three goals, including one from Marco Royce in the 92nd minute, I believe. And, uh, you know, to, to spare a point. But they're playing at home against Paderborn. And they're struggling like that. You know? I mean, they got a tough game this, this uh, I think it's Wednesday. They're playing against Barcelona. And if they're struggling with Paderborn, I, I just can't see them, you know, going into a match against Barcelona and uh, and doing anything. Um I mean, they're they're not in a bad position, you know, in the table right now. But if they continue to play like that and give up points to teams like Paderborn, um, it's, it's going to be a long season. And next year, they may not be playing in Europe. Um, probably the surprise match of the week: Union Berlin two, Borussia Mönchengladbach zero. Now, everybody's surprised to still see Mönchengladbach on top of the table, um, but Union Berlin, I said at the beginning of the season that I thought they were going to stay up, that they were not going to get relegated. Because, you know, usually a team comes up, they spend one season in the Bundesliga, and they go right back down to the second. Uh, but Union Berlin, you know, they've had some pretty impressive games against both of the Borussia teams, Dortmund and Mönchengladbach. Um, you know, so, I don't know. They're, they're surprising everybody. Um, but so is Mönchengladbach. But, you know, prior to this game, it was in a completely different way. Uh, let's see, we had Fortuna Dusseldorf 0, Bayern Munich 4. You know, ever since they got rid of their coach, they have not lost a match. Um, Serge Gnabry, you know, he played ridiculously for, for Germany in the, the last qualification match for the Euros. He had a hat trick. Um, it, it seemed like he could have scored more as well. Um, he just continues to score at will. He's just doing his thing. Um, you know, getting better and better. He's like 23, 24 years old. Um, but in this match, former VFB Stuttgart defender and World Cup winner Benjamin Pavar uh, scored his first goal for, for Bayern. Um, everybody remembers he had that amazing goal that won the goal of the tournament last year at the, uh, at the World Cup. Um, you know, he's a defender, doesn't usually come up, you know, to put himself in a position to score. Um, but yeah, his first goal for Bayern. I'm sure he thoroughly enjoyed it. So... Uh, but right now in the Bundesliga, the table looks like this. In first is still Borussia Mönchengladbach with 25 points. RB Leipzig in second with 24. Bayern Munich in third also with 24. Freiburg in fourth with 22. Schalke in fifth also with 22. And then in sixth, seventh, and eighth, we have Borussia, or excuse me, Borussia Dortmund, Wolfsburg, and Hoffenheim all with 20 points. So it, it's really close. I mean, we have five points separating first from eighth. Um, you know, I never would have thought that the Bundesliga would be that close. Definitely thought at the beginning of the season that uh, Bayern Munich was going to run away with it. I still think they're going to win the league, um, but I definitely wouldn't have thought it'd be this close. All right, moving on to 
La Liga. Unfortunately, I didn't get to see any of these games, um, so I'm just going to cover you know some of the like the big four games. Um, let's see, we had uh, Legonis one, Barcelona two, uh, Real Betis two, Valencia one, Granada one, Atlético Madrid one, Real Madrid three, Real Sociedad one. Um, so the table goes in first and second with 28 points. We got Barcelona and Real Madrid. Sevilla's in third with 27. Atletico Madrid in fourth with 25. And then Athletic Bilbao and Real Sociedad both have 23 points. All right, so on to League uh. Again, I didn't get to see any of these matches. Uh, we had PSG 2, Lille 0. So we had Cardi and Di Maria both score in the first half. You know, really no challenge to PSG. Um, Lyon 2, Nice 1, Bordeaux 2, Monaco 1. And last night uh, we had Saint-Étienne 0, Montpellier 0. So the table right now is... PSG sitting on top comfortably. We got an eight-point gap with 33 points. Marseille's in second with 25. Uh, Angers in third with 24. Bordeaux in fourth with 22. And then in fifth and sixth, we got uh, Saint-Étienne and Montpellier both with 20 points. All right, Serie A. Uh, we got Atalanta one, Juventus three. Cristiano Ronaldo did not play in this game. You know, it's funny. he. He went off in his last game for Juventus before the international break. And then it came out in the media that he didn't stay in the dressing room afterwards. He just went to the dressing room. I'm assuming he, you know, changed, took a shower, and then just went home afterwards. Then, you know, everybody thought there was like some type of rift between him and and the manager, Sari. And uh, Sari says no, he's nursing a um, like a, a knee injury. And then the international break comes. Ronaldo plays amazing. And, you know, people are doubting whether or not any of that knee injury crap was really true. I don't believe it's true, but he did not play in this game last night. But Higuain had two and Dybala had one. Um, so, you know, I don't know. Maybe they're, they're probably saving him up for the Champions League for this week. Um, but I don't know. We'll see. I mean, he, he's 34 years old, but he's still playing amazingly. So, Maybe there is a knee thing, but I, I don't. I really doubt it. Um, you know, they probably they may just be giving him rest, but he's trying to run the team. I don't know. Uh, we got AC Milan one, Napoli one, Torino zero, Inter Milan three, Sassuolo one, Lazio two, Roma three, Brescia zero. So the table goes: um, Juventus is in first with thirty-five points. Inter Milan's in second with 34. Lazio's in third with 27. Uh, Roma in fourth with 25. Caligari in fifth with 24. Atalanta in sixth with 22. And Napoli continues to struggle. They're in seventh with 20 points. So those are all the the top five leagues in Europe. I'm going to take a quick break and I will be right back. All 
right, as I mentioned, um, the Champions League and Europa League are back this week um, with match day five. Um, I'm not going to go through every single match of both. Just some of the notable matches that I'm probably going to try to watch myself. Let's see, in the Champions League, we got Real Madrid hosting PSG, which, you know, last time this was a pretty decent match. I expect this to be the same. Um, PSG are already through to the knockout stage. Um, if Real Madrid were to win this, then they would they would qualify also. Um, I do see both of those teams going through, so I don't, I don't see an issue for either one of them. Or not, well, obviously Paris has already made it through, but I don't see an issue for Real Madrid making it to the knockout stage. But I don't know if they're going to win this game. They are playing in Madrid, um, but, I mean, it doesn't really mean anything, you know. So uh, they haven't really been playing great, um, but who knows, maybe they'll step it up. I don't know. We'll, we'll, we'll see. Um, then we have Juventus hosting Atletico Madrid. Uh, Juventus is already through. Uh, this game will be played in Italy. So, um, you know, I don't know. It, it, I just see it being a good game. We'll see if Cristiano Ronaldo plays. I think he will. It's Champions League. But who knows? Maybe not. Maybe they'll rest him because they're already through. Um, but, you know, there's still the incentive of incentive of wanting to win your group so you get an easier draw for you know the the knockout rounds all right then we got uh liverpool hosting napoli uh, if liverpool wins this then they will be through um but napoli you know they've been one of those teams that have you know kind of been a thorn to some of the uh the english teams so um i'll probably definitely watch that game if if you know if that one's on you know while some of the other ones are on uh then we got manchester city hosting shakhtar Donetsk. And Barcelona hosting Borussia Dortmund. And that group that they're in is extremely tight. I think, uh, you know, people were calling that one the group of death um, to begin with. But, uh, you know, it, it should be a decent match. I mean, hopefully they don't play. Borussia Dortmund doesn't play like they did, uh, you know, this weekend. Hopefully they can, uh, you know, step it up a little bit and, you know, at least challenge um Barcelona, but we'll see. But the group that they're in right now, Barca's sitting on top with eight points. Dortmund's in second with seven, and then Inter Milan's in third with four points. And this was the one that everybody was calling the group of death. Um, you know, and the last team in there is Slavia Prague. They got two points. They have two draws, um, but they have a negative goal differential. So I, I don't see them. I just see them getting kicked out. Uh, you know, it's all about who's going to end up getting knocked down to the Europa League. I don't know. Um, I think Barca is going to win the, win the group, but who knows? Cause sometimes they just haven't stepped up this season and, uh, you know, they've disappointed, but you know, so has Borussia Dortmund. I'm actually surprised that, uh, Inter is sitting in, uh, third place with four points, but you know, they still have the potential to get 10 points, possibly win the group. Who knows? Plus they're playing Slavia Prague. So, you know, they'll probably have seven after this match day. All right, in the Europa League, um, notable matches. Uh, we got Sporting hosting PSV, Arsenal hosting Eintracht Frankfurt. As I mentioned, that, that'll be a crucial game for Unai Emery. Um, it could be his last game as the manager for Arsenal. Um, we'll see. I mean, I wouldn't be disappointed if uh, Pochettino took over. You know, maybe some new blood. I think, plus, if Pochettino were to take over, I think Ozil will find himself back in the squad. Who knows? We'll see. Um, we got Celtic hosting Ren. 
Um, Young Boys hosting Porto. I think that'll be a really good game. Um, and then Sporting Braga hosting Wolves. So um, next week, obviously, you know, there'll be more teams that have, have advanced to the knockout stages or teams that have secured their place to drop down from the Champions League into the Europa League. And so next week, I'll definitely do a more in-depth uh, Champions and Europa League um, Europa League's uh, run through. Um, yeah. So I want to move on now to the FIFA Club World Cup because now all the spots have been taken. Um, everybody knows who's going to be playing whom, at least for the first couple of rounds. Uh, let's see. So first, the teams that have qualified. So from Bowl, we have Flamenco. Uh, I've been saying that wrong this whole time. It's Flamengo, not Flamenco. Um, they are the 2019 Copa Libertadores winners. Uh, from UEFA, we have Liverpool. They won the 2018-2019 UEFA Champions League. Uh, from the Asian Football Confederation, the AFC, we have Al-Hilal. Um, they just won the 2019 AFC Champions League. From CAF, uh, we have Esperance de Tunis. They won the 2018-2019 CAF Champions League. Uh, from CONCACAF, we have Monterey. They won the 2019 Champions League. From the uh, OFC, we have, and I was practicing this name, Hyangin Sport. Um, they won the 2019 OFC Champions League. And the last team is from the AFC because the match is being, or the tournament's being played in Qatar. So we have the host um, team, they're the winners of the 2018-2019 Qatar Stars League. Um, so the first round match will be, uh, oh, sorry, that that last team from the <laughs> the 2018-2019 Champions League Stars is Al Saad. So the first first match will have uh, Al Saad playing against Hyangin Sport, and the winner of that will play Monterey in the second round. And then also, you know, because there's an odd number of teams, so also in the second round. It'll be Al-Hilal. They'll play uh, Esperance de Tunis. And then the teams from CONCACAF, um, UEFA, and Kamebol will come in after that. Um, but usually these tournaments, I don't think anybody outside of South America and uh, Europe have won it, just like the World Cup. It's only been teams from South America and Europe that have won it. So um, I think everybody's looking forward to a Flamengo Liverpool final. Of course, we'll see, you know, what team Liverpool ends up sending down there. I think they're going to send, cause you know, they have other games in, uh, in England, like right around the same time, there'd be like a less than 24 hour turnaround. So they're not going to do that. They're not going to send, I don't even think they would be eligible to do it or logistically able to do it. Um, so they're going to have like two separate squads, one playing in England and one playing in this tournament. And I think they're probably going to spend more or put more emphasis on the Club World Cup because the amount of money for the, the winning team is, is obviously higher than I think it's a Carabao Cup they have in uh, in England at the time that conflicts with it. Um, so, and you know, Flamenco, Flamengo, they are going to put everything into trying to win this because the Europeans don't seem to care about the Club World Cup in its current form, but the South Americans do. So I think that Flamingo is going to go all out to try to win this tournament. Um, but we'll see. I mean, Liverpool is a strong team. I would say they are definitely one of the top three teams in the world right now. Um, 
So it'll be interesting. I don't know where I'm going to be able to or how to, to watch the Club World Cup. Um, so if anybody knows a website somewhere that I can go on and pay or whatever to watch it, or if there's a website that's free, um, let me know. You know, email me, hit me up on Twitter, Instagram, um, because I'm definitely interested in trying to uh, to watch the Club World Cup. I don't think I've ever seen a match besides the final um, in the Club World Cup, so I would definitely be interested in, in seeing that. So just let me know. Um, and last but not least for the week, um, got to close it out with some VFB Stuttgart news. So, you know, VFB Stuttgart's been kind of struggling as of late, uh, but they played at home against Karlsruhe. And as I mentioned on previous podcasts, Karlsruhe is a team that's maybe 25 to 30 minutes away from Stuttgart to the west of us. Um, so it's, you know, it's a derby match, even though, you know, they don't really play that often unless Stuttgart falls down to the, uh, to the second Bundesliga, which, you know, they've been doing, um, but Stuttgart won this game easily. It was a three zero win. Um, Kempf did get sent off late in the game, um, for a red card. I didn't get to see it. Had some, some friends and family over. Um, so I didn't get to watch the end of the game. Um, but it doesn't matter. It was a comfortable win. So right now, Stuttgart is sitting in third place uh, in the second Bundesliga, which is that relegation or promotion playoff spot. Um, they're three points behind uh, Hamburg, who's in first place, and Armenia Bielefeld, who's in second place. So, and they're three points clear from fourth place. So, you know, they're <clears throat> excuse me, they're doing pretty well. Um, obviously, I'd like to see them playing some of the. Uh, the teams in the league a little bit better than they have been. Karlsruhe is not, not really a strong team. They never really have been. Um, not since I've been watching football. Uh, their next game, um, they'll be on the road playing Sandhausen, which is another team that's not too far from, from Stuttgart. They're maybe 45 minutes to an hour, depending on how fast you're driving. Um, that game will be next Sunday. I will absolutely, definitely be watching that entire game. Um, and then the following Monday, they have a game against uh, Nuremberg in Stuttgart. So, um, you know, it's always good to have a win. I'm happy. Plus, you know, to beat a team that's, you know, relatively close to you is always a good thing. So, um, yeah, with that, I'm going to end the show. Uh, thank you guys for listening. I hope you guys have a great week. Um, get to enjoy some of the Champions League, Europa League matches that are coming up. Um, as always, I would love to hear from you guys. Um, so hit me up on Instagram and Twitter. And Instagram is 90plusET. The Twitter is at 90plusET. And the email is 90plusET at gmail.com. So thank you guys for listening. Have a great week. And I'll talk to you next Monday.